Welcome to the Daily Brew. I'm Jordi Retti Rarson, and you're listening to the 10th Sports Roundtable podcast of the Stanford men's basketball season. Starting with this game Tuesday, as I said, it's a makeup game. It's going to be at home, a true home game for Stanford, the first time in 338 days that the Cardinal will be returning to play a game at Maples Pavilion. Very exciting. Hello, everybody. Teddy Solomon here alongside Jabril Taha and Els Boone, and welcome back to the Stanford Daily Men's Basketball Podcast. Today, we have a lot to talk about because we have a special week ahead of us with three games for Stanford Men's Basketball, and we'll also be talking about what was a really interesting week for the Cardinal. So to get right into it, Stanford played at Arizona and at Arizona State without three of their five starters. Zaire Williams, Bryce Wills, Dejon Davis, all out for the week. Starting with the game against Arizona, I'm going to go to you, Jabril, for a quick recap of that one. Yeah, well, it was a pretty even game throughout. Uh, it looked like for most of the game that Arizona was probably going to pull out the win. They went on a few like mini runs at some points in the second half. And then Stanford came storming right back in response to those runs, something we really hadn't seen throughout the season, like Colorado and Utah both went on massive runs and the Cardinals couldn't respond. And this game, Arizona went on too many runs and Cardinal came right back, roaring back. And then with about five minutes left, Stanford down the stretch got it done yet again, just like in the UCLA game. It looked a little shaky there in the last two minutes, but Stanford found a way to pull out a win, their second straight win against Arizona after losing 20 straight. Big win for them, quad one away win. That's going to help their tournament resume come March. A huge win for sure. And Els, what were some takeaways from that game? Yeah, it was just a gritty overall team performance by the Cardinal. The big question coming in was, will they be able to sustain the success in the UCLA game, missing the same three starters? A lot of people thought they would be coming down off that high and they just wouldn't be able to replicate the performance, but they did. And arguably they probably played better against Arizona than they did against UCLA. As Jabril mentioned, they were, they actually responded to some runs by the other team, something we hadn't seen much in the previous games. And one player I just want to mention was the play of Michael O'Connell played 37 minutes, the most out of anyone else on either team that night, 14 points, four assists, zero turnovers, zero fouls, just a great overall performance from the freshman point guard who really steadied his team and was able to get the win for the Cardinal. Absolutely. I'd say all around a very good performance for Stanford. Um, it really starts with, with the front court, what we saw from Jaden Dallaire and Oscar De Silva, two guys who need to step up given the absence of the duo of, of Wills and Davis in the backcourt, as well as Zaire Williams not being in there. And they did Jaden Dallaire scoring 21 points, Oscar De Silva doing what he always does and scoring 17 as well. And I'm glad that you mentioned Michael O'Connell else because 14 points from him that's really key when you're missing your point guard in Dejon Davis. Michael O'Connell has stepped up and he's been a key contributor. And the Cardinals shot the ball pretty well, 49.1% from the field and 7 for 17 from three for a team that sometimes struggles from long range. So overall, a big win for Stanford. Huge postseason implications um, against, against the Wildcats on the road. A huge win for them. So that then takes us into the next game that happened, which was against Arizona State. Arizona State's a team that we've talked about a lot this season because we had high expectations for them at the start of the year. I know I especially did. I thought they were going to win this conference with the immense talent that talent that they have. Remy Martin leading the way, a guy that I thought was going to be Pac-12 player of the year, plus a really strong recruiting class, including Josh Christopher, who's just a fantastic freshman player. Um, so this is an interesting team. They've underperformed a lot, and we 
did not really know what was going to happen coming into this. And it, it was an interesting game. It was what we expected, an interesting game. But I'll go to you, um, Els, for the recap on this one. Yeah, so basically um, coming into this game, it was kind of the similar questions that were going into the Arizona game. Will Stanford be able to sustain the success going forward without three starters? And it was kind of a shaky start the first half, a whole lot of turnovers that really uh, gave Arizona State an edge, and they carried that into the second half. Stanford was able to respond to one of Arizona State's big runs. I think there was one point where there was an eight-minute stretch where Stanford didn't hit a single field goal. They were able to stay like a six- to eight-point difference just off free throws, which is actually kind of key. They didn't let it get into a double-digit lead for the Sun Devils. But the play of Remy Martin, as you mentioned, Teddy, was really key for Arizona State. And one thing you have to mention, I think with about a, a minute left, the refs called a goaltend on Stanford on a shot that was just not goaltending in any way. And that really changed the momentum of the game and allowed Arizona State really to pull away with a win. It changed what Coach Hass probably would have had his team run for the last play with about 30 seconds left. Um, so just a really hard, tough loss for Stanford in a game they could have won, but they probably didn't deserve to win. Right. And a lot of fans are going to be upset having watched this game because it was not the Cardinals' best performance. But what are some takeaways that you have, good or bad, Jabril? Well, there really wasn't too much good this game, and I'm with Els here. The Cardinal did not deserve to win this game, and I'll start where he left off, which was turnovers. Cardinal turned the ball over 20 times in this game. Arizona State ended up picking off tw picking up 29 points off turnovers for a good portion of the game. I think until late in the second half, Stanford had more turnovers than made field goals. That is not a winning recipe in any sense of the word. Um, also, three-point shooting for the Cardinal. I think they pointed out in the broadcast, Stanford's the worst three-point shooting team in the conference. They went two for 15. But as Els mentioned, free throws are what ended up keeping them in the game, an impressive 31 out of 34. But really, what really, really stood out were the turnovers and the sloppy turnovers in their own half by inexperienced players who probably wouldn't be getting playing time if there weren't three starters out there. That's not including Michael O'Connell, who I thought had another very nice game for the Cardinal. Jaden Dallaire also had eight turnovers, but he also, it didn't really feel like he had a terrible game. He put up 21 points, and those they weren't any egregiously bad turnovers like some of the, some of the other ones that contributed that 20. So overall, a game the Cardinal really didn't deserve to win. And unfortunately, there was some controversy down the stretch that made it a little heartbreaking for us Cardinals fan. But you really can't be that upset with the result here if you're a Cardinal fan. Right. And last week, we were talking about this game, looking forward to it. I think it was Els and I that thought that Stanford was going to beat Arizona, but then lose to ASU. But we thought that ASU was going to win the game. What really happened was, ASU, was Stanford lost this game. Um, in so many ways. There were a couple positives. You guys have mentioned the free throw shooting. 31 of 34 from the line is really unbelievable, and that's how they did stay in it. Also, the rebounding was pretty good. Out-rebounding ASU 34 to 24. That's very promising. Looking back early on in the season against North Carolina when the Cardinal got out-rebounded 43 to 23, I had some doubts on the interior there. But on that note, the front court stepped up. So Jaden Dallaire and Oscar De Silva, you mentioned the turnovers. That was a problem for Dallaire, but still 21 points for Dallaire, 18 for Oscar De Silva. Those were some high notes from the game, but terrible three-point shooting overall, two for 15. You guys have mentioned that already. Um, and overall, turning the ball over 20 times is unacceptable. You're not going to beat a team like ASU when you're turning it over 20 times. A difficult game for the Cardinal, somewhat of what we would expect from a team that's missing, I'd say, three of their four best players. Um, and then one last thing that I want to add about this game is Spencer Jones did not have a good game at all. 
Um, him hitting threes can often be key. Earlier on in the season, there was a game where he hit two threes in the final three minutes of the game, and that was the key for Stanford to pull out the victory. Um, and 0 for 4 from three, 1 for 6 from the field, only four points for a guy that needs to step up because he's one of those two starters who's still there right now. So not a good game for Stanford, a game that was very winnable, but that they could not come out on top in. And with some final comments about this one, Jabril, what else do you have to say? Yeah, just to pile on on the winnable game things. We're also forgetting that there were three just wide open layups the Cardinal missed from Kasunas, Jones, and Dallaire throughout the game. That changes a game in a four-point game. And also one other thing to keep an eye on that's not that might be past this game, Lucas Kasunas only got 18 minutes after getting roughly 30 the past couple games. And Sam Beskin got four minutes also, who usually has only been playing when the game's completely out of reach in the final second. So maybe that was just something because the second game of a road trip, maybe the coach was trying to rotate people more because we have three games next week. So that's something to keep an eye on, really how this rotation starts to get finalized, I guess, until we get our starters back. Definitely. So it, it was a wild week for Stanford. They split the series. They did what we had said they, they really needed to do on the road against the Arizona schools. Played pretty well in one game without three starters. Played pretty poorly in another without those same three starters. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the week ahead. We've got a peculiar week ahead of us now with three games coming up due to a makeup game that's going to be happening on Tuesday against USC and then back-to-back -back games against Cal. So it's going to be a fun week of college basketball with three games. Um, and a lot going on. Starting with this game Tuesday, as I said, it's a makeup game. It's going to be at home, a true home game for Stanford, the first time in 338 days that the Cardinal will be returning to play a game at Maples Pavilion. Very exciting uh, for them to actually have a home game because most of them have been neutral court really playing in Santa Cruz uh, at this point in the season. Um, and it's going to be a great game because these are two teams that are very solid, that are projected to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, and I'll go to you first, Jabril, for a little bit of a preview of this one. Well, Teddy, first of all, I wish the net rankings counted those games in Santa Cruz as neutral court. Unfortunately, they don't, which would help our net ranking if they did. Uh, well, let's talk about USC then. USC is, is on a hot streak right now. They've run eight out of their last nine games. That one loss surprisingly came to Oregon State. And really here, the key is stopping the Mobley brothers. You got 7-1 Evan Mobley and 6-10 Isaiah Mobley, and they're making up that dominant USC front court that might be the best in the conference, if not one of the best. Uh, right now, since the Trace Jackson Davis absolutely obliterated this, the Cardinal inside, the Cardinal really done a pretty good job defending the paint, which has left them open to be very vulnerable in terms of three-point shooting, and three-point defense has been a big weakness, weakness as of late. So let's see if the Cardinals focus on controlling the paint holds up against those two guys and make really, I think the key is make the rest of USC beat you if you're able to cut off the Mobley brothers. And Els, what are your thoughts on this upcoming matchup on Tuesday? Yeah, Jabril mentioned the Mobley brothers, which are of course USC's biggest threats, um, not only down low, but really on the team. And luckily for Stanford, none of their three misses, um, Zaire, Bryce, and Dejan are down low. So Lucas and Oscar and Jaden Dallaire also will be charged with trying to stop the two brothers and hopefully they'll be up to the task. Hopefully, I know the team is excited to be back home and hopefully they'll come out fired up, ready to defend home court. That'll be a great thing to see if they can come out uh, charged up for the game. And really also you have to look at another threat for USC and that's Drew Peterson, the 6'8 transfer from Rice, who has been pretty solid from three point range so far this season. 
got to stop him from get going, stop the Mobley brothers. And this just might be a close one that the Cardinal can pull out. It'll also, also a final note, Zaire might be able to come back for this one. We don't know uh, really, we don't really know how long he's out for, but there's a possibility he'll be back. We're not counting on Dejan or Bryce for this one. So we'll just have to see till game time. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned that at the end there. Um, but it is important to note here that the players that the Cardinal are without, while extremely valuable, are the players from the starting lineup, I would think for the most part that you would want to be out if you had to have three players out against USC. Because USC's biggest threat, as you guys have both said, is Evan Mobley, who is, in my opinion, the best freshman in the conference. He's absolutely dominant down low. He's still going to cause problems for Stanford there because he's so big and powerful and skilled. He's going to cause issues. But having De Silva and Dallaire in there to at least try to guard him is very important. So that's going to be interesting there. Um, and this USC team has a pretty weak backcourt, in my opinion. Um, I've mentioned that in some of my articles about these games because they, they keep getting postponed, right? Um, but Taj Edie is my player to watch there in the USC backcourt. I watched him a lot at Santa Clara. He's a really good scorer, and he's been showing up in the Pac-12. 12.5 points per game for Taj Edie, um in his grad transfer year, in his grad year at USC. And something else about this USC team is that I think they have one of, if not the highest upsides in the conference, but also a really, really low downside. Um, so if you look at, at some teams that they've played, going to overtime against UC Riverside was a game that, that shocked everybody, really. And then losing to Oregon State, another game that shocked everybody because USC was looking like they could be a Pac-12 title contender. Um, but they've also had really great games, like a 14-point win on the road against Arizona. So this USC team is, is a fun team to watch, especially because of the Mobley brothers dominating there in the front court. And I think it's going to be a great game. I said this last time, and I'll say it again, and I'm going to go to you guys for predictions on this one in a second. Um, I think that USC will probably beat Stanford because I think that front court matchup there is going to be difficult to deal with. But Dallaire and De Silva have been playing great. The USC backcourt is pretty weak. If Stanford gets any players back, that's going to be big. And it's going to be an interesting game for sure, especially being that first game back at home. Um, now to you guys, though, I'll start with you, Els. What's your prediction for this USC-Stanford game? Yeah, a lot does have to come down to if Stanford has any guys back. But first game back in Maples, I think the team comes out a lot of energy, probably first good rest they've gotten in a good number of weeks. Uh, happy to be back on campus. I think the team comes out ready to play and they eke out a close victory. And Jabril, what's your prediction? Well, I don't think they'll get too much rest. It's going to be their third game in six days, unfortunately. So while it's nice to be home and they'll have all this energy coming through, uh, today's Saturday's performance against Arizona State didn't, didn't bode well for how this team's going to hold up, uh, keep going forward. Hopefully they'll want to get that game out of their system and come out with a much better performance against USC. But ultimately, I just think the losses in the starting lineup right now are too much to contend with the front court of USC, and I'm just worried about this game. So I'm going to USC here. Well, it'll be a fun one for sure. But then we got two more games later in the week on Thursday and Sunday, both against Cal. Cal, a team that really sits in the bottom of the conference um, and has not been playing great basketball recently, but did give ASU a scare on the road. To UL's first on this one, what are you looking forward to in that matchup, in those two matchups, really? Yeah, Teddy, you kind of alluded to it, but honestly, Cal is just not a very good team. Uh, they're basically led by junior Matt Bradley, who can he can fill it up. He can he can go for 30 points in the game. So really, if Stanford shuts down Matt Bradley, I think this is a pretty simple double-digit win 
for the Cardinal. Grant Antisevich on the front court can also be a bit of an issue. Uh, he's averaging double digits for the Bears, but I think Stanford can win this one handily. They're going to win by double digits as long as Matt Bradley doesn't pose too much of an issue. And Jabril, in these two matchups, what are you looking forward to? Well, these are the games that can hurt you when it comes to Selection Sunday, and the Cardinal will not look and overlook their arch rivals for that reason, and also because the Cal beat them twice last year. That game in the Pac-12 tournament, the Cardinal just didn't show up at that game, and that likely could have kept them out of the, of the NCAA tournament if there was an NCAA tournament last year. So look out for the Bears. The Cardinal will be on high alert that for an upset alert. They've experienced it last year twice, as I mentioned. Uh, Matt Bradley is back from an ankle injury. Grant Antisevich has been excellent this year for the Bears. This should be some good games, and the Cardinal really, really need to take these to hold their place in the bubble. Yeah, I got to say, I'm a little bit scared of these two matchups. I'm not quite as confident as UL's on this one. And it's because while I don't think Cal is a very good team, they have had some sparks of brilliance throughout. So this Cal team, they were playing without Matt Bradley from, I believe it was January 2nd to January 23rd. I think that was the gap between games that he played in. And they were able to play pretty well. They won on the road against Utah, something that Stanford was not able to do. They played UCLA very close. Um, they're not a horrible team. They're fully capable of winning games um, and, and having some streaky moments. I look back to earlier in the season, their game against the University of San Francisco when they were losing for the entire game, but they hit a buzzer beater. They really came on near the end after, after really being down early on in that one. So they have some streaks in them. They have some ability. And I don't think these are bye games. Of course, we would all agree that there aren't bye games in the Pac-12. Um, but these are going to be some some difficult games for Stanford, and they really need to win these ones if they want to uh, be, be confident on Selection Sunday. So the last thing we'll talk about with these two Cal games is our predictions. So I'm going to think about it for a second here, and I'll go back to you, Els. What are your predictions for these two games? Yeah, so for the first one, I think, you know, Jabril mentioned they lost to Cal twice last year, one in the Pac-12 tournament, which honestly, we know the NCAA tournament didn't happen, but it probably would have knocked the Cardinal out of a bid on Selection Sunday. So I think Coach Hass will have his team. Most of the team is back from last year. They'll remember what happened. Uh, they're gonna come out fired up. I think they win by double digits. But in the second game, I think Cal makes some adjustments. It's a much closer game. And I think Stanford wins that in the five to eight point range. And Jabril, what are your predictions for these two? Yep, it's a rivalry game, so that always complicates everything. But I think Stanford has last year on their mind, has revenge on their mind. They're the better team here. Hopefully they get one of Zaire, Dejon, and Bryce back. And hopefully we'll be able to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday and go straight to watching Stanford complete a season sweep of Cal right afterwards. Yeah, and I'm going to cautiously agree with both of you. I think that Stanford is going to win both of these games. I think Cal is not a great team. Matt Bradley's a great player, but Cal's not a great team. Stanford should be able to come out on top knowing just how important these two games are and knowing that they, they have it in them. They beat UCLA. They won on the road against Arizona. They have it in them to win these two games. So that's what I'll go with. Now on to our Around the Pac-12 segment. Jabril, starting out with you, what happened this past week in the Pac-12? Well, most things went as planned. Uh, I'll cover the couple that didn't. Stanford's win over Arizona, which we've discussed in detail. That was a big upset. Again, quad one road away win for the Cardinal. And then on Saturday, Colorado had a 19-point lead at home against Utah with 8 minutes and 46 seconds left and lost the game in regulation. 
an absolute collapse by the Buffaloes in Boulder. Utah takes the rivalry game, and Stanford had a real chance to sort of surge into the top four, top three, uh, again, with the win over Arizona State. Didn't happen, as we, as we discussed. But really, the Utah comeback against Colorado with under 10 to go was definitely the big story of the week. Right, and before we get into the games in the week ahead, to you now, Els, where, where are the standings at right now in Pac-12 basketball? Yeah, Jabril gave a pretty good recap of what just happened this past week. UCLA is still number one at nine and one. USC following them up. And then Oregon's a really interesting team, technically tied with USC for second. They're four and two. They just started their second COVID pause of the season. Not really sure what's going on up there, up in Eugene. They can't really seem to figure out uh, their COVID plan, which is really unfortunate because I think they're one of the top teams in this conference and they can really do some damage and help a team like Colorado or Stanford move up in the standings because of how other teams are doing. And then just to mention the three teams of four losses, Arizona, Colorado, and Stanford. And one thing I do want to mention, in about two weeks, Kerr Creesa, who's a four-star Estonian freshman for Arizona, is going to be able to play for them. He was suspended by the NCAA up until two weeks from now. Um, and he's he supposedly can start alongside James Akinjo, and he might be a good boost for Arizona. We'll see if Arizona can go on a little bit of a run, do some damage that will help Colorado or Stanford there. So we'll have to see. And then looking to the week ahead, um, I'm not too excited about a ton of the games coming up. I think that Stanford USC is going to be a highlight of the week. Um, but then I'm going to defer to my kind of irrational fascination with this Arizona State team. And I'm going to look at that ASU versus Colorado game that's happening on February 4th. I'm really interested in that one because Colorado's been a weird team recently. They moved into top 10 in the net rankings, and then they lost to Washington, followed by that crazy game on Saturday uh, against Utah where they lost that one as well. Colorado was looking like they were possibly going to win the conference. I thought they were going to win the conference and then somewhat of a collapse recently, but we'll see what they're able to build back up from that because they do have an incredible amount of talent. They're a very good defensive and offensive team. And they have McKinley Wright, who is one of, if not the best players in the conference um, and then ASU. So we'll see if they're able to continue to win after what happened against Stanford, because this ASU team, I continue to say it, they have an unbelievable amount of talent. They have the capability of winning the Pac-12 tournament, but they haven't really shown it. They didn't show it against Stanford, quite frankly. They didn't play a phenomenal game. They won because Stanford was missing three starters because Stanford did not play a great game. Some would say because of a call late in the game that, that maybe should not have been called that goaltending call. Um, so that'll be a great game to watch ASU versus Colorado. Otherwise, a lot of games that I think will probably go as expected or that just aren't that interesting this week. So it may not be the best week in the Pac-12, but that's always what you say. And then college basketball strikes and craziness happens. So it could be a great week in conference. You never know. Um, but off of that Pac-12 segment, I want to go back into Stanford specifically so we can get a chance to talk about the postseason outlook for the Cardinal. And I'll go to you first, Els, on that one. Yeah, so basically Stanford was a win away uh, over Arizona State from getting off the bubble and being firmly in the NCAA tournament uh, as of this past week. They did what they needed to do against Arizona. They got the split. Um, people thought the UCLA win might move them off the bubble, but it didn't. It really kept them where they were in the last four in. So right as of now, they're still last four in. I think it's a pretty good spot for them right now. They don't really deserve to be higher than that this week. They have to beat Cal in both games. And if they get the win against USC, I think that launches them off the bubble. I think they're still on the bubble if they lose to USC, but they're, they've got to start getting some more wins. 
And Jabril, where do you think the Cardinal stands right now? Well, they're definitely in the tournament. They're not out. Uh, they're definitely on the bubble still, as Elle says, that Arizona State win would have really helped. But I think this really shows us that it's really important to look big picture here. I mean, if you had told me that Stanford wasn't going to have three starters, had games and had games against UCLA at Arizona, at Arizona State, if you had told me they were going to take two out of three, I would be over the moon. Like there's not enough, you can't give enough credit to what this coaching staff has done throughout this whole year with the whole road warrior thing, never being able to play games at Maples. It's been an incredible job by the coaching staff. So really they held their ground as we say they need to do. We're just waiting for guys to get back. And one more thing to keep an eye on uh, UCLA right now is sitting at number 31 in the net. If they can move into top 30 by the end of the year, that home win against them becomes a quad one home win. So let's keep an eye on that. Hopefully that game will flip to quad two to quad one. And also right now, Alabama, who the Cardinal beat opening day by I think 17 or 18, they're in the top 15 of the net right now too. So Cardinal have one at least very good quad one, quad one home win or quad one neutral win. And then a quad one win at Arizona. And so let's keep an eye on UCLA to see if that becomes three. Right, yeah. I think that Stanford is, is in right now for sure. I'd say like somewhat safely in when it comes to the bubble, but really not safely in. Um, what I was really looking for for a while this season was other than that first Alabama game, which some would say was somewhat of a fluke because Alabama had a huge turnaround in the like after about a third of their season was done with. They were not playing great at the start of the season, but they had an incredible amount of talent. They became insanely good dominating in the SEC, but some would call that a fluke. They needed to prove again that they could beat tournament caliber teams. They did that against UCLA, and then they did it again on the road against Arizona. Those were two huge wins that, that got the Cardinal into the tournament solidly right now. But looking to the week ahead, they've got that game against USC. You lose at home against USC and then win both against Cal. I think Stanford is still in, will be last four in at that point. That's what I expect to happen in the week ahead. If you beat USC and win both against Cal, Stanford is solidly into the NCAA tournament, in my opinion. So that's where I think the Cardinals stand right now. But with that, it's been, it's been a great episode. We had a lot to talk about today. A crazy road trip against the Arizona schools. Um, and then three games in the week ahead, including a very interesting one against USC, if it happens. We'll have to see. You never know at this point in what's been an incredibly unprecedented, turbulent season. So with that, make sure to tune in next week where we continue to talk about Stanford basketball, see where the postseason outlook changes, especially given that there are three games this week. And I'm Teddy Solomon alongside Jabril Taha and Els Boone. Thank you guys for tuning in. This episode was produced and narrated by Jordi Ratsarosin. Special thanks to Teddy Solomon, Jabril Taha, and Els Boone from the sports section for hosting this series. I'm Lorenzo Del Rosario, the managing editor for Volume 259. For more podcasts by the Stanford Daily, visit stanforddaily.com slash category slash podcasts.